Hello, and welcome to the Brain Not Included podcast. So today, the big topic is more of a continuation on of the last topic of last week, where we talked about media, um, specifically honing in on movies and TV shows. This time, we're wanting to move our focus a little more over towards video games, the trends that we've been seeing over the last 20, 30 years, where it's headed, where where we think it's headed, what we like, what we don't like, and things of that nature. So before we get this started, though, we have a Twitter over at BNI underscore POD, BNI underscore pod. If you want to follow that Twitter, you can stay up to date on our schedule when we release. You can be the first one to download the podcast, or maybe you just want to tweet at us to tell us we suck. I don't know. It's up to you guys. But with that said, Ethan, I know you got a big list of things um, that you've shared with us. So I'll let you kind of start this off in a uh, very constructive, organized manner that you always do. Oh, yes, because chaos isn't my middle name. So uh, I do have a big list and I can kind of bounce all over it. But I think we'll just start with what I think is a big one and kind of a key of a lot of what I have seen is a big decline in video games, especially over the last five to 10 years, um, really starting with games, not necessarily wanting companies, not necessarily wanting to make good games, not good quality games, not good games for the players, more so focusing on the marketing aspect of it, more so on the aspect of how do we make as much money off of this as we possibly can. Uh, I think Call of Duty has been a, a pretty big, pretty big, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for here. I've lost my train of thought. But basically being Call of Duty's pretty bad about this. And I think a lot of games have been bad about this. Fortnite being another one in the last couple of years has been really bad about this. They don't fix their bugs. They don't fix their issues. They really don't care about the actual status of the game. They more so care about how much money they can make off of it. The Bethesda problem really is what you could pretty much call that. Oh, God. Yeah. Bethesda Bethesda's pretty bad about it. But you know, that being said... I'm more willing to give Bethesda a pass on that. I know a lot of people are probably going to get ready to crucify me for saying that, but the majority of Bethesda's games are single player and single player only. So it's not like the bug, right? The, the, the famous Skyrim bug where you can jump under the castle and white run and run up and steal all of Yorlin Greymane's shit. It doesn't hurt anybody, but you, it doesn't change anything about the game for anybody, but you. So that's where I can say, I don't. I can give them more of a pass with a glitchy game. I think that with other games that are multiplayer, kind of like what you mentioned, Fortnite, right? I can't. I can't realistically give you a pass there. No, because your player base is what dictates the popularity of your game. When your player base is screaming something, when they're when they're asking, they're not asking for anything completely out of out of pocket or out of hand or overboard or over the top. They're asking for basic fixes, and I don't play Fortnite. I don't necessarily know the the status of Fortnite. In fact, I can't really speak to Call of Duty because I haven't. I've not wasted my money on them in the last couple of years, um, for this exact reason. I mean, you have a one year life cycle on a game, and it's nine months in, and you don't have leaderboards fixed. You don't have basic things in your game fixed. You still have guns that are broken. You still have maps that are broken. You still have skill kill streaks that are broken. You still haven't put. Not even that they're important, but basic functionalities of the game that we all are know and are used to. You can't put them in the game, not because you physically can't, 
but because you just choose not to for the sake of that costs time and money and the a new one's going to come out in 12 months. So rather than fix it, we're just going to let this pile of shit continue to stink for the next nine months. Well, I think uh, another big problem you run into with that is also the fact that it seems like the priorities in a lot of these instances isn't towards fixing the game because the, well, they have a lot of time. They have a lot of time to make cosmetics, DLCs, things like that. But you're right, you, know, you have something like, well, the leaderboard, the leaderboards don't work, or this quest is broken, or something like that. And it's like, well, we're, you know, we, we'll get to that eventually, but hey, buy these new skins. Um, and this is, th this is something I will say, like, when it comes to specific examples, those change so often. And in a lot of these things, a lot of the problems you may have with a game may be fixed in a year. But the problem is, is that it took a year for them to fix something that really shouldn't have taken that long. I mean, the bet the better question I can ask is, why did I have to wait for a year for a core problem of the game to be fixed when I paid seventy dollars to play it today? Right. This this shouldn't have existed when upon release. Why is this here? Well, you had three years to make it. Why are you releasing half-ass, half-baked games? And then when a patch update comes out, I expect a patch, and instead it's buy our new Phase Clan skin for twenty dollars. The infamous, the infamous day one patch insert here, right? The well, it's it's because they only had three years to make it. Because I think a lot of ways the development cycle for these games are too short. I mean, I'll agree with that. Development the a long time ago, right? The development cycle used a long time ago. Old man, old man hunter over here. A long time ago, being like ten years ago, or actually, fuck, maybe it's fifteen. Anyway, I mean that's more than half your life. Besides the point, the the development cycle used to be like five years or more for a game. And any more, I know, towards the end of Assassin's Creed, probably two, three, or not two or three, like two revelations in there. In that, and I'm using Assassin's Creed as my landmark here, um you start going towards that two-year development cycle. Because, uh, I mean, really think about it, about that point, I'd say, I guess, around the release of Brotherhood, actually. Um, you start pumping out an Assassin's Creed every every other year. A new one. Bang, 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 bang. Here we are, kind of what we talked about last week, right? We're on Assassin's Creed number 57, and we're still going strong. And I think part of part of that problematic thing comes from the fact that they're live service games right um live service games in my opinion have been an overall net negative on the gaming atmosphere the gaming community i guess if you will because they've they've encouraged that we can release a shell of a game i mean i'm gonna throw a i'm gonna throw a stick at destiny 2 here destiny 2 is a perfect example of what i'm talking about we released a net shell of a game that has no fucking content whatsoever and actively hates its player base and over the next three years yeah it has a ton of content but i paid 60 bucks at this point in time when i bought destiny 2 i did not buy destiny 2 i guess but i'm more metaphorically when when i as the metaphorical don't worry i bought it for all three of us i got the collector's edition and played it for 12 hours well yeah, then then there's that. But me as the metaphorical consumer when I bought Destiny 2, 
I bought a shell. I bought a game that had no fucking content on release. By any blanking. other by any other standard of any other game previous to the pay um the live service gaming, Destiny Two would have been considered dead on arrival. Absolutely, and what makes Destiny Two uh, specifically bad, uh, a good what makes them a good example of this, but yet a bad proponent of this is because a bad example. Uh, yeah, a little bit. What they had such little content on release, and then pulled more content out of the game because it was broken and buggy, and rather than let it sit there be broken and buggy, they tried to pull it out and fix it, and it's never re-entered. And instead, they just put different content on it and made it a free game. And now I'm sitting here looking at a $250 box of shit that I haven't played in years. I mean, so, and another another good example, I know this is more of an MMO, but it is a it is technically also a live service game. Even though MMOs kind of fall into that category and they have for a long time, um, I don't, I won't entirely count them like the older ones, because that's, I hate the argument. That's just how they are, but that was just how they are even a long time ago. Um, but more modernly, more and more games that aren't MMOs are headed towards that. But what we, we've even seen that same thing happen with, um, Fallout 76, a game me and Chris have been playing a lot more as of recent, because they released it for free on PlayStation, right? And that game, now, right, we it came out, what, 2018-ish? 2019-ish, maybe? Sounds right. Uh, uh, continue we're, talking, and I will double-check that date. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're three or four years easily into its development cycle at this point. And it has a lot of content now. Like I, I never played it when it first released, but I'm playing it now. I'm like, damn, this has a lot of, this has a lot of gameplay. This has a lot of content. Look at all this shit. This is like a Fallout Four, but with friends. And it was 2018. Okay, there you go. So yeah, we're almost going into five years. Um, but you, wow, that blew my little thought process off track. But anyway, um, has a lot of content now, but I, I remember hearing when it first came out, the game was basically dead. It had nothing. Didn't even have, like, NPCs, like human NPCs in it, which was, by a lot of people's margin, atrocious. Well, and, you know, not even just talk about MMOs in Fallout 76, there, and, and not even necessarily lack of content, but just lack of preparation in games. I mean, because some games don't have the ability to come dead on arrival in multiplayer games that your player base makes the game. Um, but lack of preparation before your launch or just no, no swiftness, no plan to approach your problems once the game releases is a big one too. And I think the biggest person that's done that recently has been Battlefield 2042. I mean, Battlefield 2042 came out and it wasn't dead on arrival because as I said, the player base makes the game. But you did nothing. I mean, your game didn't function. It didn't work. And you did nothing to fix it. And I mean, Battlefield 2042 has been out for a while now, and I've heard it's finally playable. But I'm still not going to go shell out the money to play it. Because you, it should have been playable the day it came out. So speaking of Battlefield 2042, and I think even speaking of any of those more modern multiplayer shooters, or just modern games are kind of falling into this problem i think as a whole in any ways but it does look like 
before I get into saying this, it does look like more recently, in the, like in the last two years or so, we are undoing this trend and we're heading in maybe maybe the right direction? Question mark? Not sure. Only time will tell. But it felt like for a while there, every game had to have a fucking multiplayer. And there are definitely times that it feels like the the single-player story suffers immensely because of the multiplayer edition. Well, you know, what's what's crazy to me is in the last five years, my favorite games have been games that had no multiplayer. God of War 2018, which I guess technically is, yeah, it's five years now. Um, Spider-Man, really both Spider-Man and uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales and Spider-Man. I mean, single-player games in the last couple of years, I think have done great because they've gotten away from that. We're going to focus on how can we turn this single-player game that shouldn't be multiplayer and give it a multiplayer aspect to make money. But you know one of the reasons why I think um, multiplayer games, or why single-player, I guess rather, why single-player games have become your favorite? What's that? Because I believe that this is a personal opinion. I, this is something that I feel that I've noticed over the last 10, 15 years of playing games, right? The online community in gaming have become super over-competitive, which has led to a super toxic mindset. I don't necessarily like to call out um, streamers or anything like that, right? But I do think that we can blame certain streamers, and I, I won't call out names, but I do think we can blame out blame certain streamers for the rise in toxic culture, toxic toxic competitive mindsets. Um, whether that makes me a snowflake pansy, you know, whatever, I don't, I don't really fucking care. Well, the fact know, since, is, we're, since we're being modest and uncharacteristic of ourselves and not calling people out for their bullshit, I, I completely agree. It's why we see things like skill-based matchmaking take over into a point where you can't go home and casually play a game. The concept well, of Christmas noobs doesn't really exist anymore. Well, and I think I'll be honest, and I'll. I'll give the the defense i can give to the streamers and you uh person youtube personalities and things like that is they are a product of the environment that makes money and if they like they aren't as like in in the same way that they exacerbate the problem they also have to live within the the environment that, that what gives what puts food on the table so because let's be honest, a lot of these people were streaming a lot longer than this problem has been around. I agree. It's- so you know, I said I wasn't gonna. I, I said I wasn't gonna call names, and I lied. Um, <laughs> I lied. the The fact is, I, so I was watching the. I'm a big. I guess let me get this out first, because then it will make more sense of what I'm talking about. I am a big runescape fan i have played runescape for years i have played runescape since i was like eight years old i played a long time damn that that's that is a long time um i played runescape a really long time so and i still keep up with it me and me and my wife both play runescape we both enjoy runescape youtube content and we are watching the uh soup has a new youtube series out newer called the Gillianor games 
the Gillianor Games. This is his third season hosting the Gillianor Games. Essentially, it's a, a game show kind of like Survivor where they get a bunch of contestants, they put you through a challenge, they have an elimination, eliminate people, stuff like that. And there was one guy in there. He's a pretty prominent streamer. His name is Ditterbitter. And he runs his fucking mouth all the time. And he generally and genuinely made the Gillianor games for... He wasn't in there very long. He's like, I guess, spoiler alert, he's only in there for like a few episodes because everybody else, weirdly enough, all of the other contestants felt the same way I did. Fuck this dude. Throw him out. I'm tired of hearing him spewing bullshit and constantly flaming everybody. That's fucking annoying. Is it... It's it's not a matter of right of hurting someone's feelings. It's a matter of like, bro, we're all adults and none of us have time for this shit. So move along. You take the fun out of the game. I, I remember vivid memories of coming home and getting on and playing Modern Warfare 2 for hours. And you have some games where you drop nukes and you're playing Little Susie with two left thumbs. And it's awesome. But you also always had that reality, that that real possibility of running into the entire optic team and getting absolutely fucking laced and you had no chance and that was fine that was fun that you had that ability to have good games and bad games but the beauty of call of duty for a long time for me was that i never gave a shit if we won the game or not i didn't care that my kd ratio was under one or over seven i didn't care where it was i played the game because it was a way to waste 30 minutes play a game sit around and do exactly what we're doing bullshit with your friends and talk about things you want to talk about and it doesn't seem that way anymore and my friends have asked me why I won't play Call of Duty with them nowadays. And I'm like, because I you get in there and you play search and destroy and you roast your friends who didn't who underperformed in a match or are not performing to the level that you perform and you drag them into your skill based matchmaking, which I think is a stupid concept is all in all. And now this person who already was not great at the game to begin with can't even compete to a point where it's let's let's just be honest. If you're dying every time you spawn, the game's not fun. The yeah. game's not enjoyable. Yes, mm-hmm. and and I'll I'll add to this. It's like one of the problems. I like my experience with that is, um, I and I'll be the first to say it, and I'm gonna put this out there, and I think this is probably true for a lot of people our age. Is games have moved past people like us. Like we didn't keep up with it. Our skills declined, and maybe it's because we're running into the brick wall earlier than we used to. But I I remember. When I would get up, boot up a game of Team Deathmatch, and I'd perform fine. Not great, not terrible. I, you know, sometimes I'd, sometimes I'd clear the leaderboards and be the highest person on the team. Sometimes I'd be lucky if I got you know, two kills. But as time went on, as games started moving faster, the time to kill you know, got shorter or longer. Or, I mean, that's one thing that I'm not going to... Side tangent, Call of Duty. Please figure out what time to kill you want, because I swear those games can never figure out how, like, sometimes it's higher for games, sometimes it's lower. Either way, point is back to the matter in hand. Okay. As time went on, it became harder and harder for me to actually have fun with these games, because it felt like I was just dying all the time, I was just losing all the time, and it did and. It didn't feel, uh, I felt like I would get these points where, no, excuse me, sorry. Anyway, I'd get these points where my, I would win like 10 games in a row, and then I would lose like 20 games in a row, right? It would just uh, 
teeter-totter between this stuff, and it would never be fun because I could never really get the flow of the game. And that became a more and more consistent problem with first-person shooters over the years. The only one that I legitimately feel like I was actually able to get good at was Battlefield 1, and that's because, unlike a lot of other games, it didn't have... It had problems, but it didn't have some of the other problems, which I have actually in my list. We'll get to that in a minute. Where, because I didn't have 50-some-odd attachments on my gun, you know, I would lose. Well, I mean, so... so Yes, I agree with what you're saying. And I think another kind of like kind of what I was I guess what I was trying to get at with like toxicness and um in gaming of talking about first person shooters it just kind of reminded me was it's one of the number one reasons like I really wanted to play Rainbow Six right when it came out I wanted to play it I ended up buying it and apparently ended up not being super great at the very beginning and I ended up getting it later play it get my ass stomped boat kick like it's, it's the kick. csgo it's the csgo it's got such a steep learning curve that if you weren't here and automatically good or didn't invest time to be better than other people you wouldn't even have a chance to stay in a game because the player base was so toxic and so over competitive that you can't you physically cannot get better at the game because people won't allow you to stay in a game and get those games where you get your ass kicked to figure it out oh yeah i will i will add one thing um it's just kind of a defense of csgo at least with csgo like if you pick a particular gun since that that game is also kind of based around getting headshots if at least if you pick a specific gun figure out the recoil pattern you do have that chance to actually figure out what you're doing but some games like either because they use random bullet deviation or because the recoil patterns are so random or like not intuitive it really becomes hard to do that so it's like some games yes you lose and the community isn't helping you but at least like you could boot up a bot match or something and you could try and figure that out on your own which you may not be able to do in some other games so it's like hmm. but on the other side of that right it does seem like companies have noticed um i don't know if that's part of the quote-unquote woke, woke culture or not i don't i don't really understand but it seems like companies have noticed a increase maybe i don't know i don't even know if i want to call it an increase to say that games are less toxic when i was 15 compared to now i don't know that they are i was just a fucking shithead when i was 15 i mean there's and i was more willing to take part in it now i'm older and it's like, I have time for your bullshit. I don't have time for your shit, bro. I've th- I'm just trying to play this for fun. I'm just trying to sit here and have a have a game after work, man. And and see, I, I do think that you know, part of being older and part of having other responsibilities outside of coming home from school and playing video games with your friends does add on to that. Not wanting to put up with people's shit and not wanting to deal with it, not wanting to have to devote time to it. But I also. And I could be wrong on this, but I remember playing games when I was younger and specifically Call of Duty and Battlefield and things like that. There was some form of meta, but it was not exclusive. Nowadays, meta is meta, and that is the way you play, or else you're not competitive. You're not even in the game. You're not even in, you're not even able to do anything in the game. 
Now, I will also say, uh, and y'all well, may not know where it is, but that's kind of where I blame those streamers, right? And oh, absolutely. The, the hyper competitiveness and stuff like that, right? They they figure out the meta. Um, Smite was really bad about this. If you yeah. weren't playing in the meta, if it was a tank meta and you weren't playing the tanks properly or you weren't playing the fucking tank in solo lane, you, I mean, you're basically just getting your shit stomped yeah. the well, entire time. I, well, I think another problem, and this is something I kind of want to, this kind of leads me into something that I wanted to discuss, which is games just not respecting your time. Because, oh. Oh yeah, my. see, Yes, th this is the thing where I kind of want to talk about because I, I mentioned this where it's like attachments and guns, right? One of the biggest problems I have with a lot of these games is attachments make or break a lot of guns. Like this gun may be hot garbage when you first unlock it, but when you unlock the scope, the brace, the mods, the magazines, the bullets, the thing, this, that, the fourth, so on, the kitchen sink, bam, now it's the ultimate ass blaster 5000 that breaks the meta and therefore if you're not using this exact gun with this exact loadout i remember the uh i remember Battle you're not gonna win. having some bad some bad guns like that where it's like you unlock it and they're not they're just they're not bad they're just not good either they're they're kind of hard to play and then you get that fucking angled grip or whatever for it and it's like wow all of a sudden this is a damn laser beam yeah. Let's um, see. I well, also it, remember old school Call of Duty. You only had two attachments. You had two attachments, and that was that. And those two attachments had some impact on how you played the game, but not that much of an impact on how you played the game. Now, looking at a weapon creator in Call of Duty gives me a fucking headache. I yeah. mean, it's not. It doesn't even look like a gun. It looks like a fucking Samsung toaster that I also have iTunes on. And by the way, it also is a, a car battery. Like, yeah, it does everything. Yeah. Well, well, old school Call of Duty, you had to have a perk to have two attachments on your yeah, 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 you did. Now let's yeah. fucking throw seventeen on there and also modify each of those seventeen attachments to make those high performance and really get into the ones and zeros of this game. Why, yeah. man? I paid sixty dollars for the fucking game. Don't make me pay sixty dollars to get a fucking minor encoding and figure out how to be optimal, suboptimal. Don't make me yeah. figure out how to be more than suboptimal in this game. I've, I've oh, it gets worse. Memes. Uh, it gets it gets so much worse. Have you guys actually seen how you have to unlock attachments in the new Call of Duty? The Modern yeah, you have to use 2? completely. You have to use completely yeah. different guns. Oh, it's you a want the same job? Yeah, you this want the angle grip. Me. Yeah, you want the angle grip for the AK-47. Well, you better have unlocked this nine millimeter submachine gun. And oh, by the way, to get the nine millimeter submachine gun, you had to unlock this shotgun. Because oh, but before you could get that shotgun, you better have unlocked the silencer for the forty-four mag or whatever. And before that, this you've goes, better gotten three kills of the launcher that only locks on two uh, vehicles. Yeah, th this goes. Lie, back. I'm starting to feel like this is more of more than just talking about bad trends of video games. Starting to feel like I'm just, we're just complaining about being old. <laughs> yeah, but no, this goes back to not respecting your time. Well, it's because when this you have streamers and YouTubers who do, this is their job. This is their full-time job. It's not mine. I don't have the time to do that. Yes, but see, that's the thing, right? It's like, the, there's a lot of games, and this has gotten progressively worse. I genuinely thought in Battlefield 4, a lot of the unlock requirements for those guns teetered on the, okay, that's getting a little bit, you know, that's a little bit absurd, like, you know, needing to get, you know, let's say... Six. I think knife it was the MTAR. The MTAR was retarded to get. Yes, like one one of these may require you to get twenty kills in a match, which 
may not be super hard and could only rec- but you you know again it might take you an hour or two hours to unlock that which isn't terrible but this is the thing that was like i said that was teetering on problematic it got much worse later on because like i remember some of the guns in battlefield one required you to get like 2000 kills or something like that or it was an absurdly high amount and it's like i just don't think i'll ever have the time to sit here and grind all that out and then you get to like i said modern warfare 2 where it's like oh you want the, you want to you really like this gun you want to unlock all the attachments for this gun well you better go unlock the next 50 guns and all their attachments so much so that a lot of people were like don't even bother trying to play any of the guns until you've unlocked all of the guns which that may take tens of hours of grinding in and the multiplayer i am not against grinding i actually enjoyed in battlefield 4 unlocking all the guns and doing the absurd challenges i don't mind doing that because it's something that i can do within the game and it's a challenge within the game i think what makes it harder especially in like the case of modern warfare 2 i don't know that y'all follow it i followed it for a little while but you know professional call of duty player optic scump he just retired and because he was talking about it and he's like i have played this game for a long time and of course they get into the nitty-gritty of it because this is their job uh-huh. and he speaks about used to it was you maybe had 20 30 40 inputs per minute you had to hit 20 30 buttons maybe 50 buttons a minute now you're hitting 80 90 100 plus buttons per minute just to remain competitive at a high level in a, a video game it's one thing to grind. It's another thing to give yourself carpal tunnel in order to unlock stuff. Well, exactly. Because remember when Call of Duty was, you had basically, you only had to worry about sprint, crouch, and shoot, plus yep. maybe aim down sight, depending on what gun you were using. Yeah, now you have Literally. sprint, crouch, uh, crouch slide, uh, peak, lean. All these other things, and this kind of, and this wall run, depending on which Call of Duty or which game you're playing. Mounted kills, unmounted kills. Yeah, uh, for you know executions and all this stuff, and it's like not to mention, can we talk about the pansy movement of people getting so fucking scared of panic knifing? I remember Modern Warfare Two, the funniest shit ever was Commando Pro, and yeah. now we're so we're so like, oh, that he can kill me in one shot and doesn't give me a chance. Make it a make it a double hit unless he sneaks up on me. Fuck yeah. that. Give me I Commando will. Pro, give me the 87 Akimbos, and let me be a fucking absolute menace to society. So, I will actually come in and defend over-complexity of mechanics, right? I, w- I will actually come in and defend them a little bit. And the reason being is I think that over-complexity of mechanics can add depth. Not necessarily over-complexity, but adding complexity to your mechanics can add depth to your game. As long as you keep the base com- base mechanics um, essentially alone. I guess what I'm trying to get at is what I'm trying to allude to, right, is RuneScape has gotten really good about using complexity of its mechanics. The mechanics that were always there in the game, they've always existed, but essentially rewarding players for learning how to take advantage Advantage of of the fullest extent of those mechanics um for instance what one of the things called prayer flicking in runescape right is if you can turn your prayer on and off within 0.6 seconds 
that's one game tick. That is how like the game runs on a clock, one game tick. You can still get the benefit of the prayer where it raises your attack by 15% or it raises your uh it makes you immune to melee type damage for that hit. If you can do that and you can consistently keep the rhythm and the beat going, you can essentially keep that uptime near infinite and never use any of your prayer, which See, means you can make your prayer last really long and allowing you to fight some monsters and bosses that have been added into the game much later with way more ease, way more effectiveness, and allowing you to get better results doing it that way. Hell, there's one challenge in the game that essentially, if you don't know how to prayer flick it at this point, or if you don't know how to prayer flick, you're basically not going to beat that beat this challenge but that's optimizing your mechanics and optimizing mechanics that have always been there that's basically getting good at the mechanics that exist and My i guess thing, really you, that's you preach what this, i'm trying to get at yeah but you preach this all the time there's a tom and there's a place and no offense but call of duty is a casual shooter there's a tom and a place for you to have a strategic need to lean need to corner peak need to pixel peak cool rainbow six siege wants to be a strategic shooter sure let's have leans and peaks and wiggle shakes and drop shot that's fine but Call of Duty has always been a casual shooter and should remain as such. It's My biggest game. issue, yeah, it, keep it simple, stupid. They refuse to keep it simple. They've over, over made the game overly complex, and they've made the mechanics of the game overly complex and obscure, and it's, it's not enjoyable to just get on the game and play it anymore. If I wanted to do a strategic shooter, if I wanted to have all these fast action mechanics, I wouldn't be turning on Call of Duty which is why I refuse to waste $70 of my time and money. Well, and I think one of the biggest problems I have with what you... you so you just got uh, actually gave a good point, Hunter, but uh, where if you don't know how to do it this way, this challenge is basically impossible to do. This is one of those things where, like, I think a fine balance should be made between tech. What you're referring to, I think, is oftentimes called tech in a video game setting, which is... It's, it's the mechanics, but... It was never intended to be used that way, obviously. Developers didn't go out of their way. Like, yeah, it needs to work exactly this way. Where you have balanced tech, something that can be, for lack of a better term, exploited to get a great thing. Well, and the funny part is is that originally, you are right. In RuneScape, originally it was not designed to be used that way. But the player base figured out they could use it that way. And the developers, seeing how the player base has evolved to use something that way, they're like, what if we added challenges in the game that make you learn how to use that? And I hate to be I hate to be a get good scrub, but that is a product of get good. Get good at the game. Harness your craft. That's like using iframes and Elden Ring and Dark Souls, like learning how to yes. utilize your iframes. That's getting good at the game. The difference and, I mean, between get better and completely relearn or completely overcomplicate the way the, the game's supposed to operate. Well, and I think one thing I will say, and you actually brought up a good point. So, yes, iframes were originally a good example of tech becoming gameplay mechanics. Iframes were not always intended to be something that you would use. They just kind of eventually became part of gaming. Here's the thing, though. In a game like Elden Ring, you don't have to just utilize dodging. There's ways to get around. You know, if you're bad at dodging, there's ways to adapt, change. See, a lot of games. And, you know, Call of Duty can work the same way, and I'm not quite sure about this, but there is there is a consistent problem I'm seeing with several games where they don't have that ability to adapt 
to change or use a different strategy because either the meta does not support that and you basically are doomed anyway, or the alternative options are either harder to unlock or basically not as good. So like a good example, if I can't dodge, I can block and that'll work, especially in Elden Ring. Matter of fact, Elden Ring gave so many different options uh, to block and dodge and do all this other stuff. They gave a lot of options. But for other things, they'll, they'll, um, other games, they don't have that option as much, especially with high skill shooters. They just don't give you those abilities. So the, uh, and the, especially when the community won't let you learn something. And usually when something is learned, the community comes up with something, the developers crush it instantly. I think that's actually one of the things that I do like about, um, like Elden Ring and Dark Souls, like I like one of the reasons I like them over Bloodborne was Bloodborne felt it definitely felt more frantic, which was the point. They wanted a faster pace. They wanted to take Dark Souls, but at a faster pace because they felt like the the turtle meta. They were too high, too reliant hiding behind the shields, and that was definitely the case in comparison to Bloodborne. But I think the interesting part that I liked, or I guess the reason I liked Dark Souls more was because you had more options. I think the interesting part is when Fast Forward and comes in Elden Ring, right? And they managed to find a way to get that frantic combat from Bloodborne with the Dark Souls formula, which is impressive. I'm impressed that you added a shield, and it's useful. But it's definitely not the most useful thing in the world, especially in comparison to some of the bosses and how fast they fucking move. It definitely felt that you had to be in the right sink to to take on some of the bosses in Elden Ring, or you were going to get raffle stumped. Well, and this is the thing, though: the option is there, and but this kind of goes back to the the main thing: it's like games not respecting your time um so let's say a good example especially with this ultra competitive field you you go into a game and you want to learn one character because you're you're an adult you only have time to learn a limited amount of things about a game so you pick a main you go and you go to learn about that well some competitive player figured out some stupidly high advanced tech for this character so they have to nerf your character that you really like and this, and, and now I'm not saying that buffs and nerfs shouldn't happen. The problem is, is that with a lot of these ultra competitive games, the buffs and the nerfs don't come from the right place. Because if, you know, if I have to nerf something for a character because only 0.1% of the player base can even use it, but by doing this, I've actually directly affected the ability of the person to play the character then you run into the situation where the the average guy is being hurt for the competitive guy. Well, I think the general gist of all this is that gaming companies don't cater to the majority of their player base. They cater to the polarizing uh, figures of their player base, the competitive yeah. figures, of the, because that's who has the platform. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we level that that playing ground? Which brings me to my next point, and I know it's what we all don't want to talk about, but we're going to anyway because fuck you. That's why. Pay for it. 
if your if your player is below subpar, pay for it. Give us fifty bucks and we'll make you competitive. I, well, I don't think that's pay to win. Yes, sir. Yeah. Loot boxes well, pay to win. Give me your money and I'll make you god. So you well, say that you, I don't want to talk about this, but the fact is, is that I don't think you guys want me to talk about this. No, I yeah. I do want you to talk about this. Actually, I I really, 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 really fucking hate loot boxes. Yeah. I feel that loot boxes were the start of a really bad place for gaming come about 2014-ish time frame. Because 2014, 2015, you know, enter Overwatch, which Overwatch was not the first one. 2000, I mean, come back to 2012, I believe, is when Mass Effect 3 comes out and I has mean, loot boxes in it. CSGO but, uh, and TF2 had them before that, so. Absolutely. they're not. The, so it's not the first game with loot boxes. It's the first game that strikes gold with loot boxes. It is the first game that shows every other game that this is not only acceptable and and profitable but it's a quote unquote good thing and games fucking followed suit i fucking hate loot boxes i think that there's that argument right that oh they're not gambling no they're most fucking certainly gambling but it's it's no different than putting a quarter in a slot machine and pulling the lever in hopes that you win the fancy prize at the end the difference is is that the loot box is just it's going it's just guaranteed to give you something and in the case of older overwatch what drove me crazy is it could give you fucking duplicates that was insanity well, um, I think one thing I will which I think say they about... would refund you some coins or something if you would if you got duplicates, but that's I mean a marginal percentage of the money that you already yeah. gave them. Well, one thing I will point out is when I when I look at like when I look at pay to win mechanics, I don't think pay to win mechanics are common. The problem is is it's predatory monetization, especially when it comes to viewing it as supporting them. I don't think they're as common anymore. I yeah. think those. I think they have died out a lot. Yes, I think the general consensus across the gaming community has become, "fuck that" and "fuck you." Well, no, loot boxes as a concept are basically dead. Which, thank goodness. Um, but see, this doesn't. This brings into a different problem, which we'll get to after I said this real quick. The problem with predatory monetization, especially when it's, it's uh, framed as supporting the community or supporting the the starving artist is one of the biggest issues with this idea because then it's not necessarily pay to win but it's come to cross as almost holding the game hostages like if you don't buy enough of our loot boxes or our our season passes or whatever then we will be able to update that game and give you that leaderboard that you want which yeah. kind of goes to then I bring and up season passes. I need to bring this up Coming from a multi-billion too. dollar company, right? That's exactly that is, that's a hard thing to swallow. Yes. So and that kind of comes back to the biggest problem I have with monetization, which is the fear of missing out. Because again, it goes back to my main point. The thing that irritates me the most about games right now is not respecting my time. Because if I only have a certain amount of hours to devote to a game every day because I'm an adult and I have a job and other responsibilities, then oh, yeah. sitting here telling me, 
oh, you need to put at least 100 hours this month into our game or you won't complete our season pass and all this stuff is just gone forever. Or give me your paycheck. Or you can drop $100 and you can just have it. And that's actually why I think um, I'm going to applaud the Master Chief collection on this one. I think they did a really, really good job about this where they made all of the stuff from all of the season passes available they're always available at least last i knew the difference is is you just have to go in and select the season pass that you currently want to be working on to earn the stuff that's i think that's completely acceptable you can go through and you can earn from three season passes ago it's just not the current one you can earn all the stuff. You just have to go select it and play it. I um, do believe, though, that that was only they only did that because the community complained about a lot of the absurd grind, oh, grind sure. that it's, it would take to complete one. I don't disagree that it probably came at pitchforks and torches, <laughs> but it the fact is is that we still got it. Um, but see, that's a big problem, though, is that the gaming, the, the game development side of things only makes changes when the pitchforks and torches come out. That I mean, shouldn't and, be and the case. And nine months into the cycle when the game's about to die. Well, yeah. then guess what? It's time to get the fucking guillotines, boys and girls. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't necessarily have a problem with some form of loot drops or paywalls for things that are as simple as cosmetics. Uh, I mean... That's not that big a deal. It doesn't make the game broken or make the game unfair or make the game unbalanced. I don't love them. I think season passes are stupid. I think season passes are dumb, and I think they've ruined a lot of multiplayer games to the sense of it's it's not only this has to be your only focus. You come home, you don't get to play other games. And if your other friends don't play this game, too bad. This is the one this is if you want this, this is the game you have to play. Um, and I know y'all don't play games like this, and that's fine. I guess I can talk about it. Uh, but Things like Madden and 2K. They have my team and Ultimate Team where you get to build your own team, and it's basically like card collecting. And that's it's cool. It's fun. I enjoy playing. Um, it's called Mutt, Madden Ultimate Team. I enjoy playing. However, comma, the game is the definition of pay to win. When the game comes out, I grinded Madden this last semester because I had some free time, and I, I had a competitive overall coming into Christmas. But... It comes with a Christmas promo, which is like prom time. You have to play the game because this is when you get a lot of free stuff as a no money spent person, as someone who won't spend money on the game. And I've already dropped 80 hours in the game. I'm burnt. I'm burnt out. I don't want to play it anymore. I want to spend time doing other things. And now I tried to hop on and play the day and there's 97 overall card in the cards in the game that people went and spent $100, $200 to get. And I, I don't have that kind of money nor do I have that kind of time to grind them out in the game. But I can't hop online and be competitive. I can't hop online and play you because you have a 6'7 safety that weighs 220 pounds, and y'all for some reason added a height and weight mechanic system into the game because a linebacker can all of a sudden play safety. And I know to y'all that doesn't really mean much because y'all aren't sports people, but in Madden, that's a, that's a big deal. Just like in 2K, imagine if, Shaq, imagine if you had Shaquille O'Neal shooting three-point shots from the logo, but he was also still seven foot one, 315 pounds that could dunk on you, but could also dribble, and you can't get the ball away from him. That's essentially, and, and 2K does the same thing. They're infamous for giving you a, a stupidly absurd card as long as you give them your money. And it's, they don't even try to counteract or even try to hide the fact that they're like, we're going to give you these stupid absurd cards, and we're going to make it where you have to give us this money. 
And for people like me who don't want to do that, it ruins the game because I literally was coming home and playing it seven days a week, three, four, five hours a day, just to remain even in the the remotely close to what they consider a god squad, which is the highest overall card, highest overall team in the game you can have at the time. And I, you'd walk into a game and you have to be flawless. You can't make any mistakes. Your your scheme has to be better than everybody else's, and you just have to accept that certain parts of the game aren't going to work. You're not going to be able to run the ball in Madden because you don't have 97 offensive linemen, 99 offensive linemen. In 2K, you're not going to be able to pass the ball down low and post up because you don't have the newest, nicest Kareem Abdul-Jabbar card. Those are the ones that really pester me. It'd be fine if you wanted to give me a cosmetic. I don't have that cosmetic doesn't make you better at the game. But your $20 on packs 100% made the game for me unplayable because mommy gave you your credit gave her the credit card so you know another company that did this really well i think um i know ethan wasn't a huge fan of this game but i know me and chris played the fucking shit out of it was capcom with monster hunter world monster hunter world at the very end of its life cycle right they released every event every um the ability to do every the ability to do every event every special quests, things like that, that they have in the have had in the game and in the past. That way, you may not have been able to get that pumpkin head or whatever at that time. You might have had to wait to the next Halloween, but at the very end of the game cycle, if you wanted it, you could go back and play it and go back and get it. Um, kind of alleviated some of that fear of missing out, but also incentivized, you know, making sure that you're playing when the event comes around and Playing semi-regularly, having replayability. Yep, having some replayability. Absolutely. So, I think Capcom did pretty good on that one. I think that's, that is one of those, it's a, it's a happy medium, it's a happy in the middle, I can, I can live with this. Um, another thing, I guess, kind of off topic of paywalls and over, over monopolization and monetization Monetization. of, greedy company billionaires taking our money yep on the on the complete it's almost it's almost like taxes but for your hobbies Mm. maybe a hot take but now that you say that makes me want (laughs) to do it less it's i mean when you think about it 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 literally Uh, is i mean yeah i mean it you right it's it's the taxes on your hobbies but you know what's even better they tax those they tax the money they tax the taxes on your hobbies. They tax the taxes. Not this to mention the taxes it has on your fucking mental state when you can't win a game. Well, I feel like that's more. Uh, that's a that's a skill issue, as they say. Get good. That's a that's a you problem. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem. But the over too much too much pretty, not enough storytelling, right? Yes. Game too pretty. You spent too much time. Battlefront one. Battlefront, I think it's twenty sixteen. Is that's not accurate. Is one of the games that absolutely just. I'm not even gonna say pissed in my Cheerios. It to, it downright took a shit in my Cheerios. Does it does it have a similar taste in your mouth as like X Men Last Stand, where it gave your dog cancer and you can never forgive it? Bro, it absolutely. Yes. It down, it's like, they, you heard of screwing the pooch. They down around fuck the dog. It's bad. 
And yeah, it was problem, pretty bad. The problem is, is it came out and it's fucking beautiful. Oh my god, the it's game is game. gorgeous. Gameplay yeah, is gorgeous. I mean, too bad it only had three fucking maps. Yeah, to this day, I will say Battlefield or Battlefield Battlefront One is still probably one of the best looking video games out there. But it's yeah. fucking beautiful. It's an awesome, awesomely pretty game. Too bad I can't fucking play it. I mean, you can if you were insane. <laughs> I feel like it's a Groundhog Day. I'm playing the same damn thing over and over again. There's, but you know, no... I mean, that's that's companies taking advantage of what's popular. I, I won't say their names, but we have some friends. God love them. That when they recommend a game, what's the first thing out of their mouth? The graphics on this game are amazing. I don't give a shit about the graphics. I don't give a damn. I love Diablo, and Diablo is notoriously, I mean, it's an over-the-top arcade-style game. Its graphics mean nothing except for in the beautiful cutscenes. However, I can't, I mean, it's very obvious that I don't care about graphics. I'm playing a fucking pixelated a potato point, that was, yeah, point made in like pixel simulator from fucking yeah. 2000. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but, I, I, I will say this is like graphics are good, but one of my, some of my all-time favorite games of all time use pixel graphics and chip tunes so and oh, they came out recently like so obviously pixel or graphics don't mean jack diddly if your story don't matter here's my thing we we all played some horrific graphic games and we were all complacent with them for a long time graphics never mattered why do they matter now i mean jack and daxter was not the 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 pinnacle of graphics but i can tell you right now i played the shit out of jack and daxter totally cool with Good graphics. I'm totally good cool graphics, with good great. graphics. Um, but I'm not. I'm never going to take good graphics over anything else. The thing is, is yes. that I want a game that has a story. I want a game that has solid gameplay, and I want a game that. I think really that's the two things I'm really looking for. Right, is a solid story and solid gameplay. And if you give me those two things, give me a healthy game that's maybe not the prettiest looking girl at the bar. I'm fine yeah, with that. I can live with it. I can live with it. I'm not, and I, hell, I'll, I'll probably praise you because your game plays weird. It's weird, you know, when I'm, I'm watching TV, and I have a very different set of requirements than when I'm playing a fucking video game. That's wild. I care about how my TV looks when I'm watching a movie. Of course, I want my movie to be in fucking ultra HD. It's a fucking movie. That's all there is to it. The whole point is looking at it with your fucking eyes. Oh my god. When I'm playing a game, I want the character to move when I move the fucking stick. Uh, well, you know, good graphics, great graphics. I mean, the best graphics in the world are awesome. But you know where they don't look good? Stuck under the fucking map. Let's, let's, let's focus less on graphics and focus on a good story. That has been one of my huge complaints with games specifically in the last five to ten years. The mechanics aren't there. The story isn't there. The replayability isn't there. It's not a healthy game. It's a game that is I overweight, like my... dying, and literally crawling into its grave. It's it's not even making an attempt to get out at this point. But yeah, damn, does it sure look pretty sitting down there. Game developers, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but if you are, if you have somehow, by the grace of fucking God, managed to... Find your way to this fucking podcast, and you manage to find your way to the 55 fucking minute mark. Somehow. Here's the three things. 
that if you if you will do, I guarantee your game will will be good. Focus on the gameplay. Focus the the controls need to feel good. The controls need to feel tight. The game needs to be fun. The gameplay loop, right? It needs to be fun. It needs to be interactive and interesting. The story, I'll actually put that at number three. It needs to it needs to be good and it needs to be cohesive and and interesting. But I think if if there's two things you can focus on, right? It's, it's your gameplay loop, your gameplay controls, your, your general overall gameplay. Because weirdly enough, this is a video game. I want to play a video game, right? It needs to feel good. And number two is try and iron out as many bugs as you can. Get I think video games just need to stop trying to make the Michael Bay of video games. Oh, it looks great. Oh, what was the story about? Couldn't tell you. Well, it so looks great. Wish I could play it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say this. Not every game needs a story. Not no. every game needs a story. Like a, a solid, well-put-together, competitive shooter... It doesn't need a story to be good. Uh, look at some of the best ones of all time. Unreal Tournament. I mean, good lord, that has basically no no story, but it's considered. I'm not going to say many. Doom doesn't have a story, but it doesn't have much of one. Yeah, but like, like I'm just the gameplay like, feels great. Mm-hmm. I'm here to the do loop is fucking awesome, and there's no bugs. Yeah, so it's like and everyone sucked its fucking dick when yeah. it came out. So Point it's gay. like. Story, not necessarily a thing that you have to have, but if you, I will say this, if you are going to have a story in your game, it has to follow these three rules. We're going to keep it in rules of three. It has to make sense. It has to follow its own rules, which those two things aren't always the same, but they can be, but I'm going to make them separate. It has to make sense. It has to follow its own rules. It has to be consistent. Yes, Well, all of these are about achieving consistency. The main thing you want is consistency. Like I said, it needs to make sense, needs to follow its own rules, and it needs to have a beginning, middle, and end. I know that's pretty obvious, but some games actually do fail on that. Thank you, Halo 2. Yeah, so... I wouldn't have had to put that there if we didn't have that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The lack of a conclusion. But anyway, like I said, it has to make sense, it has to follow its own rules, and it has to have a beginning, middle, and end. If... And that's all about maintaining consistency. But that's the main point, is if you're going to have a story, it doesn't even have to be a hard story. It can it can just be a story about how the dog jumped over the fence. But damn it, make sure it follows those three rules. The dog jumps over the fence. Rising action is, what the dog doing? <laughs> exactly. That's Conclusion. I... Dog is gone. <laughs> the dog, dog did dog something. Away. Yeah. I am sad. Anyway, point is, it's like I said, if your story can answer what the dog doing, you're doing pretty well for the purposes, as long as you can follow through with what I've said. What is the dog going to do? What is the dog doing? And what has the dog done? Yes. But see, this is the main thing I will point out. is like a lot of games fail because they prioritize something outside of the, like a good example. There's a lot of games that have good gameplay and shit stories. Okay. It, the gameplay's good enough, it can salvage a shit story. I say can because it depends on how shit the story is. Because again, you have to have a, a you have to have a reason to motivate the player towards the next objective. This game's yeah. so reactive, but I'm standing in a white void of nothingness. <laughs> exactly. So but I have to say loop. Yeah. That said, sometimes the the game the story is great, 
but uh, it's like razor blades on my skin when it comes to playing it. So uh, I'm not gonna play it. So yeah, don't matter. It's got. I'll, I'll just watch a let's play of it on YouTube. And and that's I mean, basic storytelling of what we talked about in the last podcast with movies doing that. It's you got to have a story. You got to follow your own rules. You have to stay consistent. But I think a bigger issue is we see the same thing in the gaming companies that we see in a lot of movie companies where they don't really give a shit about making a good story anymore. They just care about pumping out the overmade game that they've done a million times. I'm looking at you again, Assassin's Creed. I will continue to call you out until you fix yourself. Go take a hard look at yourself. Maybe go to an AA meeting because you need some serious help. Well, I just want to point AA out, meeting. you know, Assassin, Assassin's Creed messed up so Assassin's bad anonymous. that it is. Assassin's Anonymous. Anyway, Assassin's Creed messed up so bad that other games have effectively filled its its genre better than it did. Yeah, because they just keep pumping out shit, and there's no support. Yeah, I I wasn't gonna name names, but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm gonna name names. Which I'm I'm sitting here thinking about the fact that like apparently one of the next Assassin's Creed games is gonna be set in feudal Japan. So all I could sit there and think is a a little. Day late and a dollar short on that one. Oh, shit. I don't think it was a day late or a dollar short. I think it was, oh, shit, they made some money. Quick. Well, <laughs> Quick. Fix it. I guess copy, I, copy and paste. <laughs> I guess with that, we can go ahead and get this wrapped up. Fair we'll, enough. We could always continue this maybe another time and. Oh, we'll have more to talk about. Um, <laughs> I yeah, don't see no. video games making I, a quick turn in the right direction anytime soon. Well, that's why I'm I'm curtailing it now because we're right we're right at about an hour. It's a good amount, and but I know that if I let you two keep going, we'll we'll easily hit an two hours, three hours, four hours, five. I do, uh, however, think that uh, we maybe uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> accurate. I do, yeah, however, think that I have we should to, so we should have we should make some episode at some point to not shit on video games and talk about the pros of video games. Not necessarily the state at where they're at, but what they could be, what they what, what they, they are, were. what they were. I mean, they're yeah. not to say that all video games in the last ten years have been bad. I've played a lot of good ones, but I've noticed that I've enjoyed a significantly smaller amount of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, and maybe that's what we'll maybe that's what we'll focus on next week, and or maybe we'll stick with the rule of two, and we'll kind of like we've done with the last two podcasts, right? As the first two were a little more self helpy than I thought we maybe intended, but hey, that's where we were. And these two have been about media and video games. Maybe we move on to a completely different topic next time. We can always you know. come back. We can always loop around. Yeah. But yeah. with that, this has been the Brain Not Include podcast. This is the boys signing off. We'll see all you guys in a later video or podcast, whatever the fuck this is called. Later. Goodbye, see strangers. You.